0: Thing.
1: Woo! <laughs> Good stuff. Welcome to the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Jason. We got Chris Turner here. Chris Turner here. No, That's no right. Casey. And we have no Casey. We are Sans the Case Masters. He's not
0: here tonight.
1: Ye old Caseyite. Ye old Caster. El, el Taverarino.
0: Old player of worship songs. The
1: old tree cutter. He is living ye with ye you. The old guitar player. He is. He, he's not uh, living with you. Well, he's living in our backyard. Yeah. So You're stealing we, his money. So we have a studio apartment. I'm touching my mic. Uh, <laughs> he moved back into a uh, studio apartment that he actually helped build, and so he and I worked a lot over the weekend yep. trying to get Got that freaking thing together. Uh, get that freaking thing together. I'll tell you what; I could be happy not touching any kind of remo- uh, renovation or
0: uh, upgrade to home for some time now. Yeah, I could go without it. Yeah, you know. Larry and I, so one of the, um, I'm about to touch my mic. One of the biggest like adult things that we've yet to do is um, buy a home. You know, we've just never been in a place financially. We're, we're set up in a spot now to where hopefully in two years we'll be, we'll be good to be able to buy one. But um, I'm excited about doing home renos, like laying, knocking out walls, uh, just making our home ours. Are you going to knock out a wall? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like open floor concepts in homes. Lots of natural light, all that stuff. Like an Open home.
1: concept, huh? You've been watching a lot of HD TV. A, a lot of Chip and Joanna games. Chip and Joanna. That's Chip, and right.
0: Chip and Jana. Chip and Joanna. So anyways, I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, life I updates? Mean, yeah.
1: Are you giving a life update? Well, I was just going to give one. Go for it. We got a dog. That's right.
0: Cannon. We got, we got a little pup, man. Buchanan. Little bitty pup. Francis name. Buchanan. His name is Pup His name's not pup His name is Cannon And he is a corgi puppy And uh, he's just as cute as the Dickens Here I'll show him to you guys
1: Okay, if you don't know this, we uh, go live on Facebook when we record, and so oftentimes we will address our Facebook audience, and so um, I apologize. Yeah. So definitely go follow us, (laughs) facebook.com, slash SaltyDogsCast, (laughs) and you can see all of our uh, on-air antics.
0: Yeah, sorry, Jason. Or watch the replay.
1: No, it's fine. It happens. So
0: anyways, he's super cute. He's a corgi. Uh, I feel like we have a kid again. We're crate training him and he's just like peeing and pooping everywhere and he's cute though I love him he is a cute pup man so we got that going for us it's like having uh, a kid it really is except this kid bites everything yeah (laughs) and he howls
1: well you know what's interesting is What are some of the things, I'm going to ask you a question now, what are some of the things that you can say to a puppy that you can, that you have also said to your children at some point (laughs) in their life?
0: Get that out of your mouth. Get that out of your mouth. Stop biting that. Stop chewing on that. No, don't poop there.
1: Don't put, you don't poop there, you don't pee there. (laughs) Go outside.
0: Go outside. Go to your kennel. Go potty. (laughs) Go potty. Go potty. Oh my God. Yeah. All of, all of those things. That's so, fun. Stuff. Anyways. So I ha- actually
1: have a little, a little bit of pumped. spiritual scenario going on. Yeah. Um, I guess I just, you know, you, you said this phrase earlier, um, or maybe I said it, I can't remember, but just <gasps> Corey, just, I know we got some good ones. Yeah. So I, yeah. so the phrase like stop, stri- stop striving, cease striving.
0: Do it's so funny that you mentioned striving because okay. that was the word that was on my mind today. For tonight. Well, just, yeah, just, just this striving thing. I really feel like I've been striving. Yeah. Like
1: a lot. So I was thinking about that today because, so I've been extremely busy. So my wife has been on a mission trip. Um, and so she's been gone for the past couple of weeks. And uh, in It's South Africa. It's, yeah, it's been me and my... And my my daughter, and luckily I have a wonderful family who's been helping me watch Illy. Um, That's me. You and Christine, and yeah, and some other people have been helping out, Andrea and uh, my mom. She's in town mm-hmm. right now, but whatever. Yeah. So, not whatever. She's, when you're listening to this, she'll be gone. Yeah. In Houston. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyways, I just realized like how much stuff I have going on in my life. And I didn't just realize it, but. I have a lot of stuff happening in my life. And um, I guess you don't... Sometimes you don't really help really realize how busy you are. You just kind of go with the flow and you do life and you do the things that need to get done. You take care of your yeah. responsibilities. For but sure. I've realized I have a lot of responsibilities. Like I have a lot of stuff happening. And um, there's things that need my attention and there are things that I give my attention to. And so I think about like let's just even say the podcast salty dogs podcast. Yep. And we were talking about, do you need help? I got it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, talking about the podcast tonight and like setting up and getting everything ready. And like, yeah. oh, we got it together. looks great. I had to move everything around. I had to run around, but like I'm busting a sweat before,
0: yeah, for you sure. know,
1: and I'm drinking my dinner. Cause I, had a smoothie, you know, no time to eat kind of thing and running around, drop the kid off, run by the house, check the plumbing that the plumber did and come in and move things or get rolling. Anyways, I was just thinking about like how there was a time where I was so just into and focused on making salty dogs like this thing, right? Like we're going to do the work and do the work and do the work. I'm going to post, I'm going to share, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's not that it's become, an afterthought. I love doing it, but I think we had the conversation last week. I was like, if I could just show up and I didn't yeah. have to like think about what the topic was going to be, and I could just jump in on the conversation. Yeah. Like I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more, but I just had this idea earlier that, that phrase striving is like, man, I'm just tired of striving. Like striving is work. You know, it's, it's hard when you're like trying to make something happen. So you what's know, the we're
0: to, what's the difference between striving and working then? Like sh- I, I
1: mean, I'm saying striving is work, not striving is working. Like it's it's exhausting. When I say work, I mean it's exhausting. It can be exhausting. It le- can lead to exhaustion. So
0: striving the definition is make great efforts to achieve or mm-hmm. ob- obtain something.
1: Yeah, make making great efforts, I suppose. Anyways, I I I don't know what I'm trying to get across with this tonight, but I just had that phrase like Like I just, I want to stop striving. Like I want to stop trying to make things happen like out of my own strength. You know how Christians talk, like, you know, let the Lord do it. I don't do it. That kind of thing. Like, I really want to trust him to do the things that he's going to do. And so, um, I think striving has a little bit to do with like worry and stress. So like worrying about getting things done. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want to carry that anymore. I'm, I'm actually at a point in my life where I'm, I'm, I mean everybody feels this way, but I'm tired of carrying negative emotions. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being disappointed. Yep. I'm tired of being frustrated. I'm tired of being tired. Yeah. Right? Like I'm stressed, bro. I'm I'm tired of being stressed. I'm tired of being busy. I don't want to be the busy guy
0: anymore. Dude.
1: But I'm the busy guy.
0: You you got a lot Not, of stuff I know. going on. What the heck? Like you're the guy for so many things uh, that people reach out to.
1: I don't want to be that way anymore. I know. I don't want to be the busy guy. I don't... I always say this. I'm like, if I died tomorrow, people would be like, man, the dude... Everybody would spin it. Nobody would be like, that guy was too busy for his own good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody like, oh, he was busy, but it's because he was doing the Lord's work and he was helping people and all that stuff's true, but I'm too busy for my own good. Yeah. I'm I'm so busy that I'm not healthy in a lot of ways.
0: Well, you know, I, you <laughs> there's, know? there's something interesting even too that exists that like, there's like this thought process that exists like within Christianity amongst Christian circles. That's like about doing more. There's like, there's always work to be done. There's always things to do, but the work is never done. There's Mm -hmm. always more work. I mean, especially when it comes to like, the next thing example, sharing your faith. I mean, there's always one other person to, to share your faith with like they it never stops and so you just you translate this to just other things that don't even have to do with the church just uh you know your podcast guy your video guy you you your tech guy there's always another project and no matter what you do so the interesting thing you know like looking at that definition is like you're trying to achieve something so my question for you what am i in, in to all of your striving what are you trying to achieve yeah i don't know man that's a great question i know that i know that we've had a lot of conversations about you know and and I'm assuming we're talking about striving with just like your jobs and stuff like that. Sure, like all the all the side hustles, everything. Just
1: everything, yeah. So,
0: you know, I know that you and Kim have been super intentional in focusing a lot of effort on debt and yeah. paying off debt. Could that be the thing that you guys are striving for? Yeah, and i not mean, in a bad like. I mean,
1: it's probably me. Kim, Kim has a lot more trust in the Lord than I do. I think she's a lot less worried. I think I might be the one that's like worried. Um, so I think it has to do with, I mean, we kind of talked about this, I think last episode and we're talking about kingdom business and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And, and so I actually did a a podcast episode with Christine. We started a podcast called engaging kingdom business. Um, it's also a, a business, but we did a couple of podcast episodes and one of the episodes was just talking about, um, getting a vision for freedom, which we kind of touched on. Yeah. But like, not just freedom from, but freedom to. So if I can get yeah, freedom good. from if I can get freedom from the busyness, freedom from the striving, freedom from the debt, well then I am free to. Free to relax. Ah. Free to do more of what the Lord wants me to do with ministry and whatever else. Uh free to spend more time with my family. Free to go to South Africa for a month instead of one week. Free yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so that's where I mean, that kind of hit me this last week, freedom from, but not just from, but for the two, like freedom from, so that, so if you think about, um, I heard this, I heard somebody mention this the other day, it was the Lord went to free the Israelites. And when he, when Moses was telling Pharaoh, he said, um, freeing my people so that they may worship me. So there was a freedom from Pharaoh and there was a freedom to worship or freedom. So that they yeah. can worship. And so we're always freed from something so that we can step into something new. And I'm ready to, I'm ready for something new. I, I wrote on my whiteboard today, let it die. And for me, that means like, I, I feel like I'm at a place where I'm willing to let like everything I have going on, everything that I've been striving for, everything that I've been hoping for, I'm willing to let all of that die so that I can actually have what the Lord wants for me. Right. Like it excites me to think about a ground zero in my life. Mm. Like what if I did nothing? What if I had nothing to do? What if I had no podcast, no side hustle? no? You know what I'm saying? Like what if these things just went away? And so I was just kind of like, you know, lay it on the altar as they say. But what does that really mean? I'm willing to just let that stuff die. If this goes away, it, it actually excites me to think about creating margin in my life to see what might actually fill those empty spaces.
0: So it's really funny you bring this up because on a podcast that I recorded today for my wedding planning podcast, um, we talked about this idea of of emptiness, like after you plan your wedding, mm-hmm. how a lot of people like... Especially a lot of women, after they spend all of this time planning their wedding, uh then there's this loss of purpose and loss of identity after the wedding,
1: Ooh, yeah, because there's yeah.
0: six months a year, eighteen months put into planning, and then all of a sudden it goes away, and then it's like well if you if you're not intentional with how you're gonna fill that time, like okay, I'm gonna direct all of this energy that I was using
1: here yeah, yeah. to
0: like our family becoming this family unit establishing who we are going to be we're not going to be our parents we're not going to be his parents we're going to be who we want to be then it's right. almost like there's this pull to um to like in this case depression sadness all that stuff and so you know that's what kind of comes to mind when you say it is like i'm wondering like I wonder if you would have some sort of pull to the negative. Sure. It's great to dream about the positive. Like if I only had this time, if I was able to do all of these things, but you know, we're humans and I I wonder if there would be a pull to like doing nothing (laughs) and not in a good way. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like to not have the next thing on the schedule, you know? Like there's always some, there's always the next thing. Yeah. There's always something next. Um, You know, no matter what. Yeah. So trying to get through this week, leaving for South Africa at the end of the week, gone for 10 days, coming back. As soon as I come back,
0: Yeah, bro. You... I come
1: back on Monday, Tuesday, I have to go to work and we have this pretty big shoot that we've been waiting on. And then that evening we have a Salty Dogs recording. Yeah. So I have like a full work day plus a podcasting day on Tuesday. Um, and the, anyways, they're just in my life, there's always just the next thing. And I don't know what the, I don't really don't know what it's like to not have something going on. So
0: what is it? Okay. So You know, you and I are a lot alike in a lot of different ways. I feel like you are way more busy than I am, um, but I also have a lot of things going on. You do. I got this podcast. I got another podcast that quite honestly takes up a lot of time. I mean, we're putting like 15 hours uh, times two because there's two of us. So there's about 30 hours of work going into this other podcast that we're doing. Also starting a business and trying to to um, put forth energy into growing two businesses with yeah. you and our friend right. Darren. And- also uh, my photography business, also got a puppy and then also trying to <laughs> love my wife, love my <laughs> kids yeah. and and pursue Jesus. And so in so a how lot do of you ways- feel? Dude, I feel, I want to stop striving. You too. Yeah. I mean, I told you this. What are you striving for? I don't know, man. But when I asked you that question, I mean, I started to think about it for myself too. Like, what is money? Yeah, maybe. And not, and not in a way that's like, oh, money, money, money. I love money. I'm literally just like, damn, I'm trying to pay my debt. I'm trying to pay my bills and I want to feed Mm -hmm, my family. So there's like this hustle mentality in me because it's like, I'm trying to provide, I got all these hooks in the water right now. Photography is my only big stream of revenue, but there's the two businesses we got going on and the podcast that I'm starting. That's like three hooks in the water that it's like, but we have to put so much time and energy into them to try to get them going. Mm -hmm. And right now, truly I'm only putting a lot of energy into the podcast. I still need to divert more energy over to podcast solutions. You know, mm-hmm. and to and to get some stuff going there.
1: Yeah, and and even with that, like I talked to Darren about this. Darren's our business partner with Tove Media, so Podcast Solutions and Livestream which are divisions of Tove Media. And shout out to Jared, who's one of our contractors. Um, yo, yo, what, what? And so, um, I was telling him, I said, you know, like I I have ideas on what we need to do to grow that, as far as creating organic content mm-hmm. and, and doing that kind of stuff, video and blogging and all that. Um, I have ideas and I'm kind of writing them down but with podcast solutions that might be the one thing in my life I'm not striving with. Interesting. Like like I was telling Darren I was like dude I I, I said I have full faith that this will turn into what it needs to turn into within the time it needs to turn into it and that that's not some like Christian, that's that's not some Christian sitting on the couch, eating potato chips, watching TV and saying, well, I wish the Lord would send me my wife or my spouse. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're you're saying, oh, I have faith that God's going to do this. But then they're like waiting for a knock on the door rather than going out and doing
0: stuff. Well, remember, I think you said at this last podcast that we recorded that somebody told you, I don't remember who it was, that sometimes in your faith, you will go further by. By the Lord told me that. What did he tell you? Repeat that
1: that quote. He said, there are moments in your journey where you'll go further by stopping than you will by pressing onward. Mm. And so maybe that's why my heart's like. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish I could just
0: stop things. Okay. So this seems like an interesting moment to kind of talk about some of my church hurt that I've kind of. If you're a Pissed Puppies patron, you've heard an mm-hmm. episode that we released where I go into in-depth, basically. Long story short, if and I would encourage you to go be a patron just so you can hear that episode. But, um, I mean, recently, like, I, gosh, I don't know, three weeks ago, maybe? A month ago? Something like that? Three or three to four weeks ago. Um, it's I, been a couple weeks since you post. Are you talking about your post? Yeah, my post. I mean, yeah. it might be two or three weeks. I don't know. Something like that. But basically I came to the conclusion that I am not in a good place spiritually, uh, mentally, emotionally, that a lot of the things that I've said in regards to the church, um, have been in a, just been said, honestly, there's no other way to say it, but through malice, hurt, toxicity, um, anger, hate, tainted lens, jaded, through through a dirty filter, Mm -hmm. Ew. <laughs> dirty old, nasty old filter.
1: Swipe on Instagram. Dirty. There's
0: a dirty There's filter. There's the dirty filter. Yeah. That's the Chris Cerna filter. <laughs> so, you know, I came, I had some friends in my life that really challenged me. And again, I go into this in that other episode, but I had some friends go into this and say like, Hey, um, dude, are you okay? Right. Are you Okay and i for the first time in a while stopped and asked myself like am i okay damn <clears throat> am i okay yeah like is this something like do, am i in a place where my anger has moved to this toxic place and it was the first time i had honestly asked myself that in a long time and it was like yeah i think i'm not okay i'm not good and so I had um, some friends challenge me with some next steps. One of the things that they challenged me to do was while I'm on this journey of getting healthy, they challenged me to not like to commit to not talking uh, about the church or, or methodology of the church or anything like that. And so yeah. I made it, I prayed about it um, and I apologized um, online And I made a commitment to, you know what, until I'm in a place to where I don't have this tainted filter, this tainted lens, I can't speak from a place of, like, wanting the church to be in a better place.
1: So this has to
0: do with you stopping. And this has to do with me stopping, because the minute that I stopped, bro, like, I feel so— You're ready to go
1: back into full-time ministry now.
0: (laughs) You put your application into three churches. So, everybody, I'm launching— just stop church. No,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> just stop church.com. Just, just stop, stop church. Is it just stop church.com no, Or
0: just stop. It's church? just stop. Like, just do it. Not just stop church.
1: Just stop church.com.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Something An- like that. Anti, are you anti or pro church? It's uh, confusing. Can you put punctuation in <laughs> URLs?
0: So, so uh, honestly, the minute I stopped, the minute I made that post, it's just like this weight, bro. This yoke was just lifted off of me. And I've experienced freedom. And I can honestly tell you that by committing to stopping that, um, just that breaking that cycle of negativity, like I don't even, I I just feel lighter. I feel happier. I feel more full of joy. Um, So you just, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Just stop, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's an interesting thing too. Cause like there's that, I, when, when I hear that phrase, just stop, I I mean,
0: or stop striving. Maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah, Right. I mean, also in the granted, this was what the Lord was showing us in our journey.
0: Right. And and so here's, so here's what I also want to preface. Like I'm not telling everyone just stop because for me in this instance, like I I was, I am and was in a place to where I was ready to hear those words. Yeah. Chris, a week prior to that message that I got from my friends. Screw you. Yeah. I'd be like, get out of here, bro. Get this, get this text message out of my face.
1: Screw you, man who loves Jesus, who <laughs> thousands of other people look to as a spiritual father. But I reject you.
0: Pretty much, right? <laughs> and and so I just wasn't in a place to be able to hear those words. And and so if you are someone who is hurting, who is criticizing the church right now, who is in that space, listen. I'm not telling you to stop.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah,
0: yeah. my journey was like a three and a half, four year journey filled with consistent anger, and and. I think I just got to a place in my journey to where the Lord was like, all right, I want to take you out of this space and I want to move you into the next space. And so I I got stuff that I'm working through still that I'm not ready to quite talk about yet, Mm -hmm. but I am Mm -hmm. processing, I am seeking, I am trying to figure out like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? But the one thing he did say was to stop this thing for me.
1: Yeah. And you said the statement I was about to say that was pretty much the thing I said to the Lord. I just said, "I, I want to do what you want me to do. And and really that boils down to, I just, I want the life that you want for me. Like, I, w- I want to go where you want to take me. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to see the things that you want me to see. I want to experience the the marriage that, that you want me to experience. Like, right. all of that, yeah. you know? Because, you know, you, so I caught one of your stories, and it's the story about expectations. And you said, expectations what was it? Something, oh. something about goals, expectations. Yeah. I can
0: pull it up here real quick. Something about lead to. to
1: failure. It's just the idea of like, I oftentimes I think the moment we have expectations where <laughs> the moment we have expectations of other people, like we kind of set them up for failure because people will always fail us no matter what. Some people will meet expectations, but they're not going to meet every expectation. And I just think that Maybe I've lived my life in such a way that I've had a lot of unrealistic expectations that have become unmet expectations that have led to disappointment. And so I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated because things haven't gone the way I've expected them to go and they haven't looked the way I've expected them to look. And that goes for, um, you know, what I do for a living, the businesses I start, the relationships that I'm in, they're just people and things and situations let me down, right? Like, they don't always live up to what we expect them to live up to. Did you hear a word I said?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find this this yeah thing, but I can't find it. It's already That's, gone on the screen. Oh, stores. it's gone? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I just had to say. Basically, it said something about rather than having expectations, set goals. Yeah, because,
0: because, because goals... um I don't remember.
1: Yeah, anyways. <laughs> well, whatever. I just think that I've lived in such a way that I've created these expectations. And so, something I wanted to talk about and then I think we need to get into some Q&A because we made people uh ask questions. Yeah, we made yeah. people ask questions. Uh, Jared says most offenses are caused by unmet expectations. So, I've always said within marriage um the things that cause trouble in marriages are unmet expectations unrealistic expectations and unspoken expectations. Mm, That's good. And so when those expectations go unmet, then we experience frustration and disappointment within our marriage and then causes conflict because they didn't do what I think they should have done in that scenario or they didn't respond or they didn't do what I, one of the biggest frustrations is, they didn't do what I would have done in that situation. Oh my and gosh, so that's a hard one, man. And so I don't, I don't understand why didn't they do it. I would have done that. Isn't it freaking obvious? It don't they have any like, common
0: sense? It, we're literally not able to comprehend their thought process as right. to why they made the decision. They don't do it. And that. so, to, because I get this way sometimes yeah. with Larry too, I'm like, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> help me understand your thought process because right now, yeah, I'm, I don't see it. And then those expectations are thrown off and then leads to anger and fights and all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah. Someone said, and laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I I was thinking about this earlier. I had this thought. So if Casey were here, he probably would have brought up the idea of like passion and how passion is like fire. And fire contained and used properly can produce energy and warmth. And heat, good stuff, and it can produce good things, but it has to be contained and confined and have boundaries. but if you just let fire run loose, well, then it ruins things, yeah, and so I think there's something to be said about the passions that the Lord's put in me, like I have a drive, right? I mean, you see me if I need to get something done i'm I'm moving oh Yo, you're on I'm it. going yeah right i and and I have a hard time focusing on anything else, like I have a hard time listening to other things, I'm in the zone, I can get things done, right. If I'm focused on the task at hand, and I think that that's beneficial. I think that the dreams, the visions, the desires the Lord has put in me, like I kind of see that as a fire, and I have just kind of set ablaze my life with all of these things that I have going oh, on because I've not directed them to, it. to the spaces where the Lord says, "Burn here." Oh, oh that's my good.
0: <laughs> yeah, right mic drop you know what i mean you know so how much of that though is to like to just you know i i'm just gonna be honest there's sometimes there's like there's like the christians who will say things like well let me pray about that they literally pray about every single thing they do right like every decision they make like lord should i have cheerios this morning or should i have eggs let me pray about it like just everything they're just in there's a part of me that that like that type of stuff. I'm just like, okay, I'll just make my own decision. To where I think some of that frustration has bled over to where it's like we don't seek the seek the Lord on things that maybe we should seek Him on. Yeah. And so we just make decisions as, oh, I assume the Lord wants me to burn here. I assume He wants me to burn yeah. here or here. Or we think
1: every opportunity is like, oh, it's the Lord.
0: Yeah. Every open door, every is, open God door is God a door. opening a door. Yeah. Right. But not not really. You're you're just, like, in a door factory, though. <laughs> you're just in that gonna one scene. And, I'm going to walk through this one, too. Oh, Monsters my gosh, Inc. there's so many doors to walk you're through. In that, you're in the yeah, Monsters, yeah, Inc. Yeah. setting oh where gosh, you're going through all yeah. the doors. How am I in this little kid's room? What the heck is going on here? So I
1: have to tell you something stupid that I thought of just because you're talking about Monsters, Inc. And I was thinking about the movie I was watching earlier. Um, so I was watching Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, yeah, Return of the King. Yeah, it's a good one. And you know the— It's not a stupid movie, by the, the way. I know. I can't remember the name of the—that— um, Oh, it was the the woman who was the daughter of the king who stabbed that the evil guy in the face. Oh yeah. Like he had the you couldn't see his face. yeah. And yeah he was yeah. like, You fool, don't you know no man can kill I me? I'm no man. And she says, I am no man, she stabs him in the face and like he crumbles and dies. Yeah. I was thinking I was like, if I was that woman later on at night at dinner, I'd be like, Hey, remember that time I stabbed a demon in the face? <laughs>
0: And her, She says that as her husband's talking back to her. Yeah, that, She's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time? Hey, we have a question. We got a lot of questions. Oh, Jared, he's being combative. So false, Satan offered to open doors for Jesus in the wilderness. No, there were no doors. There's no doors in
0: so, the wilderness, Jared. There's,
1: there's no door. I know you're speaking figuratively, but if you want to quote the Bible, quote it properly, Jared. Oh, my
0: God. He said that Jared, I did. I don't
1: know what he said false to. Uh, Andrew says, I say God opens door, but people break down windows. Oh that's smart. God opened doors, but people break down I don't have any jokes for that one. Sorry. Yep, nothing there. Satan can open doors too, is what Pam says.
0: Pam also asked said so we shouldn't have expectations. I think Yeah, you can that's have, what I was gonna get to. You can have expectations. They need to be voiced though. And they need to be like ex- Absolutely. expressed because if expectations are not voiced, how can you expect your employer, your friend, your spouse, your child to know that these are things that you desire, not just desire, expect?
1: Yeah. And there's not, Pam, I'm not saying that you do this, but there's none of this. Well, I'm upset with you because you didn't do that thing I told you to do. And you're just like, well, what'd you tell me to do? And they're like, well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. It's like, excuse me. Uh, Like talk about setting somebody up for failure. Let me just tell you, I will tell you now, setting people, having an expectation of somebody, it should be voiced, but you should know that there is potential with every expectation that somebody will fail you. Right. There should be an expectation. And so when you have expectations, I think you have to resolve how you're going to Respond when they fail to meet that expectation.
0: Yeah, that's good, and really, that's all you can do. I mean, in any and every situation, you can only control yourself, how you react, and how you respond. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, and in regards to marriage, that's all you got. I mean, it only takes one. Well, I don't want to. In my mind, the statement that I was going to make is: it only takes one person to end a fight, and and it kind of does. Because one person has to decide, you know what, I'm just not going to engage with this anymore. Now things can escalate, things can happen. But I mean, I think in most cases, in most situations, in most situations where extremes are not happening, extreme levels of like elevated fighting and things like that, in normal life scenarios, all it takes is one person to to stop that, the fighting and, the, and it'll stop. It's true.
1: So – I won't go into specifics, but there's been times in my marriage where I've had to resolve in my heart not to get upset when I knew that my spouse was going to respond to a situation in a way that was not the way I wanted him to respond to it. So I thought to myself, you know, Kim's probably not going to X, Y, Z. And that makes me mad to consider that she's not going to do that. But... I have to decide now how I'm going to respond when that becomes a reality.
0: Yeah, so that That's I'm hard, already,
1: man. so I'm already prepared and I'm and so like we're there in the situation and I'm just like I told myself I wasn't going to get mad. You know, and so I just think we have to Yeah. I mean it's tough. I mean because some expect here's the thing with expectations like if you expect that your spouse doesn't cheat on you and then they cheat on you, well like you know obviously you're going to be freaking devastated and there's going to be hurt and pain there right right and so you have to navigate that
0: okay so i found the i found the quote expectations put pressure on our relationships while goals take the pressure off hmm. so expectations so, put pressure on our relationships mm-hmm. goals take the pressure off so
1: is i'm maybe reading into it but is it that the expectation is one-sided and the goal is a partnership
0: yeah, that I mean I think or like, or just a goal is something that you're like, man, this is what I'm shooting for. This is what I'm aiming for. I'm training for. It. If it doesn't happen, then it, it didn't happen. Yeah, we're an expectation. It's like you're putting pressure uh, on someone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they have this to do this. To this has yeah. to happen. Where a goal is like, I'm working towards that. Yeah.
1: So what's the difference between saying I expect to lose ten pounds versus my goal is to lose ten pounds, and I don't lose 10 one of pounds. them.
0: One of them, I think, if you do not make. With expectations, I think if you expect to lose ten pounds and you don't, you are going to be met with lots and lots and lots of negative emotions. You're going to be disappointed. You're, you, you know, you're going to be frustrated. All that stuff. With goals, I think if you have a goal to lose ten pounds and you only lose seven, you're going to go, "Well, I lost seven, I lost pounds. seven pounds. That's great." <clears throat> and I think it's going to leave you. The end result is not as negative as as emotions. Mm. That someone can call BS yeah. on that. That's no, just, that's good. That's just where my mind went. Well,
1: do you want to transition into some Q and A stuff? Uh, sh- no, no, no. Okay, what do you want to talk about? I'm just, kid- no, <laughs> just kidding. No, that's fine. Let's so let's go back. So even during our our comments on our live stream, we had some pretty good, um, pretty good questions pop up. So I know Corey had one. Did you get? Did you
0: catch Corey's question? I did catch it, and I'm excited to get to it. Can you even get back to it? I wanna be. Oh, dude, where did he go? Corey, where'd your comment go? Only comments over 100 characters will be shown. Let's Corey see what that Howard. looks like.
1: Discussion.
0: Dude, it might have disappeared. It
1: might have, yeah, there might have been so many. No. So
0: many comments. Dude, his was... It, he ta- he asked about the nephilim, and I really <clears throat>
1: want to get. So Andrew that. Andrew Jensen, I'll, I'll answer this real quick. You, if you see if you can find it, I have it. Uh, okay, great. Andrew says, "What's your go to Bible translation? NIV, NIV, NASB, uh, KJV, NKJV, original Greek or Hebrew, et cetera. So I don't use the NIV because that's the not inspired version, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Not inspired. Um, So I'll just tell you, I I actually started reading. The first Bible I ever owned was um, King James Version, and it's pretty difficult for me to understand. Even today, there's some stuff that's just kind of worded weird. Um, I will tell you that ESV has been one of my favorite go-tos. The NIV was an easier Bible for me to read, as well as the NLT. Most of the Bible that I have uh, memorized... Is the NIV version just because that's what I read the most during the times where I was studying a lot of Bible. Um, However, original Greek and Hebrew, my favorite website for scripture reading and study is Mm BibleHub.com. And on BibleHub.com, you can click on the interlinear or the Greek version of the scriptures, and uh, it will show you kind of word for word the translation from some of the original texts. And it doesn't even have the syntax proper. So none of the sentences make sense if you read it. Right. But it breaks down each one of the words. And so that's how I got into word study, seeing that there are multiple words for in in Greek and Hebrew for different things. Yeah. So like, you know, I don't know. Um whatever. Like scripture. Right. Scripture's graph A, but word is Rhema, Logos, and um What's the other one? That's it. Raymond Logos. And so, and then there's a Hebrew word for word and that means it's the bar and that means something else. Like
0: they all kind of mean different things. So anyways, but we read it, we read it in ours and we're like, Oh, it just says word.
1: Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I don't know how interesting that was, but, um, I definitely enjoy studying the, uh, the Greek and the Hebrew because words have meanings and those meanings in their context, um, are very important. And so, What I realized is that based on what I've been taught and then what I go back and read in Scripture, sometimes in some translations, those words aren't even there. And so the translation you get by reading that Scripture isn't even what it means when you go look it up in the Greek. And so people have all kinds of twisted understanding of Scripture. So um, you got the other one?
0: Uh, It disappeared, man. It was such a good question. It was there?
1: Yeah. Corey, are you here? Ask your question again. So all of the questions that were there at the be- very beginning Did they disappear? I think they disappeared. Boo boo Bobo.
0: Yo, that's <coughs> boo-boo, bro.
1: Are you still trying to find it? Yeah. Do you have one of the questions from the pre Yeah, I have okay, some of the ones from the from let's the go pre. Do that. Okay.
0: Um, so what is the best pastoring experience you have done outside of paid ministry? What does that mean? So, like what what's the best pastoring experience that you've ever had? outside like that where you're not being paid by a church. So a moment where you cared for someone outside of the church when you weren't being paid by the church.
1: Pastoring, mhm. I I guess that assumes I I mean like tight ty- a t- as a title pastor? No, dude care,
0: like you're literally just caring, caring for, for somebody, somebody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay this i don't yeah, think this question is it. that hard yeah
1: i mean if i asked if i asked shepherding a shepherding someone okay if i asked a normal person or a normal person if i asked somebody who'd never been in full-time ministry and they were a pastor and i said hey what's your best pastoring experience to be like what are you talking about
0: Shepherding. And i'll say caring. no shepherding providing yeah. care providing
1: yeah. care uh man none <laughs> dude, <laughs> i i mean i don't have anything on tap like the best, I don't know, man. Like I, I have conversations with people. Well, I'll, I'll give you one. Um,
0: I already know which one you're going to say. Go I don't think it. you do. Yeah, I do go. Ahead.
1: There was a time where, uh, a guy reached out through, um, through email, through the salty dogs podcast. Oh, okay. And, uh, basically he was like, I'm having a hard time. I've got some things going on in my life and my marriage. I wondered if, uh, if you'd be willing to talk to me about it. And I was like, yeah, so let me give you a phone call. And so one morning, one morning before, one morning before work, I sat out in the parking lot and I talked to this dude for like 10 or 15 minutes and he was just asking me some questions about some things and I was just kind of giving him some counsel and, and I just remember like being in the car, talking to this guy, the Lord kind of pouring his heart out, you know, over the phone to this guy that I've never met, but I knew through the podcast and i just like prayed with them and. And then I hung up the phone. I was like, that was really, that was a really amazing experience. Like, some yeah. guy who loves the Lord, who lives somewhere, heard our podcast, reached out, and then I got to just kind of encourage him and pray with him. Like, that's pretty freaking legit. How else would I have ever ministered to that guy, um, you know, had we not been doing the podcast? And so that was a really cool open door where yeah. I was able to care for somebody who, it's not a part of my ministry. I wasn't being paid to do it, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think for me, um, it would actually be here recently. Um, there is a guy that I, I had never met before, uh, but he's someone that I'm kind of connected through some channels in our city to. And uh, he had hit me up. I had, I think somebody had reached out to me asking about. Um, some recommendations for affirming churches in our area. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and so I posted online. I was just like, hey, does anyone know of any any affirming churches in the you area? You kind
1: of got crap for that, right? Yeah.
0: And it, people may, probably made assumptions and stuff, but it's just sure. like, hey, listen, there's a teenager that just came out, yeah. and they still want to have a body of believers that they can worship with. <laughs> and so it's like okay, I guess I'm a terrible person for doing that. Anyways, this, this guy messaged me. He's like, Hey, uh, I saw your post. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what it, if it's, you know, basically your thoughts on being, uh, being homosexual and being a Christian, you know, being gay and being a Christian. And so I was like, actually maybe we can just get together and have this conversation in person. It's a lot to, to text about. And so we went to Wichita Brewing Company and had some beer and just had a conversation and man I can honestly tell you it was just one of the most life-giving experiences that I've ever had and I can honestly tell you that this man is one of the most God-loving humans I've ever met in my entire life like I could feel the love of Jesus radiating off of him. As he shared his story, shared his hurts, asked questions, asked for my perspective, I was like, "Look, man, I'll I'll share my perspective with you, but no, like I'm I'm not a yeah, packed, practicing right. pastor, you know, anything sure. like that." And so, but that was a moment where I got to sit there, have a drink with a brother, and and speak hope, speak life into him, and for him to do the same yeah. for me, it was an amazing moment. Well, yeah, I think there's just,
1: uh, the, yeah. I, I think you sitting down and, and having a conversation, looking the person in the face, hearing their story, responding based on the that person right in front of your face. Right. That's a different conversation. Can you imagine had that person made a Facebook post and just asked social media what they thought about homosexuality and... <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, it wouldn't have have gone well at all.
1: Right, because there's a difference between sitting down and looking a person in the eyes and then watching a screen and just seeing some 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 words pop up.
0: Yeah, or some 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 pop up, And then you'd
1: respond because it's just like, there's no motion, there's no humanity behind it.
0: No, not at all. Yeah. That's probably my favorite pastoring moment in the last four years.
1: Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that because I think this is a good segue into a question that I didn't want to talk about. So. One of the questions we got asked was, "How should Christians respond to abuse within marriages?" So there was an individual who um, shared part of their story. Basically, they they left an abusive husband, and they were going to a church where the pastor, I think, advised them not to divorce. Advised her not to leave the abusive husband, who was an alcoholic. Right, um, and uh, well, they she ended up leaving. They got a divorce. So,
0: and it wasn't the, just the pastor. There was also a group of believers that they were very close to as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah. That's
0: right. Basically, said sure. some some right. very Christiany statements.
1: I, yeah, and so the question was, you know, how should Christians respond to that? And to me, it's like it's hard to give a blanket statement to that to say this yeah. is i i mean people will argue with me but listen you know when you've got the spotlight on you and someone just gives you like a hypothetical well hypothetically speaking and then the answer is you know well the bible says this and you know what i'm saying like i i have a hard time giving an answer because it's not like if I was sitting down with some people, is it black and white? I yes and no.
0: Okay, so biblically, is it black and white?
1: Sure, depending.
0: Right. So sure. it's a, it's a yes, but maybe not always. Like it's, it,
1: I I mean it it depends biblically. on it depends on your interpretation of the scriptures. Okay. Right, but 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 how many times? How many times did the Pharisees miss the heart of the father by looking at things black and white? My question so many is: times. My question is, what is the heart of a father? So let's just talk about an abusive relationship. Alcoholic husband is abusing. I, I'm assuming physical abuse. I would
0: imagine emotional as well. Okay.
1: Both, and and, and both? listen, there are going to be people who aren't going to empathize with emotional abuse. I would. But.
0: I want to drop the F word. Well, I
1: was about to drop the F word too.
0: Like if, but what kind of I bullshit mean, is that? Well, have you, <sighs> I wish a Christian would say something like, I wish a Christian would. Emotional abuse is an abuse, man. Get the, I wish a
1: Deacon would No, here. Here's where I want to go with this. Cause it's hard, man. It's hard. Like there are people involved, there are lives involved, there are emotions involved. And I have to think about Casey who would be at this table. You know, who's been through a divorce and it decimated his life. It had emotionally ruined him and he literally experienced a kind of death, you know, Um, and the Lord's done a work in his life and he's, he's in a good place now, but it's not to say that divorce isn't devastating and it doesn't cause issues. There are repercussions in, in life. To me, to me. Okay, good. So however, 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 however. My question is, is it the father's heart would, would, man, it's just tough. Okay. Well, look, it's tough. So uh, uh, an alcoholic man comes home and he's beating his wife. Yes. And so does a Christian say, well, just, you know, take it in Jesus name because the scripture says
0: some would, I literally watched a quote. Now, some may say it was taken out of context. It was, man, I can't even remember who it was. But it was a guy that was basically saying that it is the wife's job to stay, to pray for her husband, and to basically take it in the name of Jesus. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Now, (laughs) well, you want to know what the Christian response should be? Hey, we are going to get you out of that situation. We are going to get you away from that person. You don't need to be in that household right now. I think this is less about divorce and more about the abuse. I would agree. Like it. Get, like, the divorce is the thing that happens afterwards. In the moments where any signs of abuse are taking place, there needs to be an m- immediate Good intervention answer. Good answer. from the church. Immediate. Good answer. Don't, don't like, well, that's our brother, you know, we need to trust. No. So, so, if you know, like, if,
1: if you know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Even if you don't even know. Even if you don't. Even if there's allegations. Right? Right. I mean... He hit me, whatever it is. Like at that point in time, safety should be the number one concern.
0: The immediate versus concern. Versus
1: whether or not divorce is on the table.
0: Yes. I think people get caught up in the divorce thing. They, they jump to that first and they, in doing so, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the heart of God. God doesn't. Yeah. But God also doesn't want his daughter to get the, get the shit beat out of her either. That's what I'm saying. Like that's not the heart of the well, father. Well, God
1: let his son get the shit beat out of him.
0: <laughs> if that's, if and so, yeah.
1: well, but would people try and make the correlation? Like, Maybe probably, you know, but you're not on a cross dying for their sins either. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it also, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just interesting to me. Like it would be difficult
0: for me to, I mean, flip it, Put, throw our daughters into the mix. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's like, listen. And so I, we there's no this, way, we there's no way, in,
1: there's no way, sorry. There's no way that I would ever look my daughter in the eyes if she's like bawling because she's been mentally and physically abused there's no way I'd look her in the eyes and say well you know honey the bible says that you need to whatever whatever you better believe I would jump to protect my daughter right and it it's just it's such a tough situation man and i i was going to say this i wanted to give a caveat i wanted to give a um a uh what's it called a preface like you're asking me point blank about black and white, and most people would expect me to want to go ahead and just quote the Bible and say what the Bible says because that's the truth. And I'll get, um, what's the word, accused of not standing for truth and this, that, and the other. But I will just tell you right now, in my, I, I mean, I, I feel like an icky weight.
0: To side with the Bible?
1: No, I, I just feel an icky weight to like, I, I'm at a place where I don't feel comfortable giving a black and white answer. Right. And if you think, if you think that that makes my faith weak, well then so be it. Me of weak faith. Right. Put the label on me. And maybe I'm just at a point in my life where I'm not mature enough to understand it the way you understand it or see you like you see it. You can accuse me of not wanting to look the truth in the face or whatever it is. Accuse me. Did you turn comments off? No.
0: No. Oh, comments are turned off. Are they? Yeah, Jared just messaged me. Oh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> we're getting them turned back on.
1: Sorry. I don't know how to do it. What do we yeah, need do? Yeah, I don't do? know either. Okay, hold on one second. Comment moderation. Oh,
0: got it. there it is.
1: I was wondering. Sorry, yeah. guys.
0: Yeah, comments are back on. Whoop, whoop. No, thank, we, thank you, Jared, we, for letting we, us know.
1: We were getting hot in the topic, and we just said, no, we don't want you guys <laughs> to. Uh, we were in the topic hot box. Okay. So what I'm saying is. You know how pastors or preachers will go on live television and they'll ask them a point-blank question and they'll just kind of dance around it? Yes. And then they get crucified for it?
0: Yeah. Think of of Joel Osteen. So my
1: my answer is I'm not at a place in my faith where I can give a black and white answer that maybe you think that I should give. And I'm not upset about it. Because when you start – I mean you want to talk about sin – I mean, we start talking about sin, like divorce is a sin in the scripture. Okay, yeah, this the scriptures are pretty clear. Yeah. Right? That it's not something that the Lord wants to happen. But the Lord also doesn't want you to be impatient or unkind or selfish or prideful or angry, right? He doesn't want you to sin in your anger. He doesn't want you to be selfish. There are a whole bunch of other things the Lord doesn't want you to do. There's an ideal scenario for every individual and for every life. And it's the father's heart for those people saying, I want this for you, right? If you get married, I want you to stay in that marriage. right? Because I created the institution. The marriage between man and woman is an image of Christ and the church, right? When, When we die... There's scripture says that there's no marriage in heaven, we're not given or taken in marriage, and the angels don't marry. The purpose of marriage on the earth is to be an image of Christ in the church. And why it's so, so like such a sacred scenario is because Christ would never leave the church, right? So, when you have a man and a woman who come together and take a vow and a commitment and make a covenant and then break that covenant, the broken covenant is now not representative of the covenant of Christ and his church. Right. Right. However, nowhere in scripture does it ever say that we would do everything perfectly. Right. So like just as much, I I don't want to say just as much, but right. The father has desires for us and not everybody lives up to those desires. Yeah. And so my question is, is there grace for these things? And so, let me just put it out there because divorce is such a hot topic and now I'm on one. My wife was divorced before we got married. So yeah. there are some people who will be like, well, you're living in sin. Okay, did Jesus not die for my sin? What am I supposed to do? Divorce her? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. what do you yeah, want me to do now? Yeah. What is the answer? Yeah. If you say that I'm remarried and I'm living in sin, what? It, what is the answer? Give my life to Jesus? Repent of my sin and divorce? So you want me to divorce so that I'm not married to a divorced person. So now I'm in, I've divorced and I'm just back in the same spot. Like you saying, I'm absolutely 100% fundamentally screwed in my faith because I've committed some, I, it just gets me freaking mad. People, I don't know, man.
0: It's, and this is what it goes back to, man, is that I think many conservative circles would stand by, they would side with scripture and not side with a man or woman Because let's be honest, abuse does happen to men as well. It's probably more common with women. Mm -hmm. But they would side not with the person that is being abused with tears in their eyes, with marks on their body, but with text in the Bible. And they would say, well, this is what the Bible says. And I'm sorry. And, And I don't know what this says about me and my faith. But if there are aspects of the Bible that would tell me to... So I want to say this, if it would tell me to encourage someone to stay in a relationship is who is being abused. I'm sorry. I'm going to look at that and go, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to do that. And yeah. I don't know what that means for me, Yeah. but I can tell you this to me, that does not like exude the heart of the father. Sure.
1: So Jared said, but isn't the marriage no longer an image of Christ if they are getting drunk and beating their wife? Yes. True. Yeah. It's no longer an image of Christ either in that scenario. Yeah. Um, but so I have to say this. I have to say this because I believe this is the father's heart. Jesus exemplified ultimate forgiveness to the world, right? The, we, a perfect love, a, a perfect love full of grace and forgiveness and redemption This is the gospel that God was not counting the world's sins against them, right? Jesus died on the cross, died for our sins. As he hung there, bleeding, naked. He was naked. His ding-dong was showing. He was naked. Yeah. It's not some freaking crucifix image, which is horse crap, right? It's not what he looked
0: like. There was no cloth.
1: There was no cloth. Right. He was... Beaten beyond recognition. They pulled his beard out of his face. Oh, my God. Right? And he looks down at the people who beat him, and he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. And then he died for them. Right. And then he was resurrected, and then he welcomed those people into his kingdom.
0: Right. But he's Jesus. He's Jesus.
1: But is that not the Father's love, agape love? And so... It's a tough one. So I'm not telling people in an abusive marriage to be like Jesus and die on the cross. Like that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is ultimately the Father's heart is redemption and reconciliation. And if there is an option for redemption and reconciliation within safety, I believe that's the Father's heart. Yeah. And I think you have to walk that road very, very carefully. Very carefully. Because it's real people yeah. who are experiencing real pain, and it could be a life-threatening situation. Would you rather somebody stay in an abusive relationship and die at the hand of their abuser, or be divorced and alive? Oh
0: my gosh, the second option, a hundred times. But, you know what I'm saying? Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I I mean, that's that's what I think I would desire. I mean, but is that... What what do you think God would say to that?
0: I mean, I think, (laughs) I think bottom line, I think, so what is the argument that people would say? Like, maybe the audience can help us. What is the, what would people say? Like, oh, you're getting a divorce. Like, what is, what would be their thing that they're saying? That's like, here's what's going to happen to you if you get a divorce. Like, what is that thing that's being thrown out? Are they losing their salvation? Are they, are they just being simply told that's a sin? We can't support you. Like what? what are they being told? I think
1: it's a sin and they can't support you.
0: Okay. So what does that mean? Like, I'm sorry you're sinning. So we can't love you because that doesn't sound like any form of the gospel at all.
1: It's just a nasty thing. And people who've been divorced know the cost of that divorce. And maybe they're in a better situation in the next marriage, but there, there are always repercussions from the divorce. And yeah, And so I just think that when you love some, you hate to see it. That's the thing. And, you know, anytime I hear about anybody getting divorced, it really does break my heart, regardless of the scenario, right? Like a a, a drunk beating his wife and then her having to leave him. That's, that is terrible. Right. I'm sorry that happened. Gosh, I... I wish there was something I could have done. I, you know, like I, I, you don't want to see that happen, Yeah. but it's going to happen. People are going to get divorced, right? I've, man, I've witnessed some divorces in the church that, you know, people have gone to our congregation yeah. and it breaks my heart and I don't understand and I don't get it, but I'm not shunning anybody. Right. I'm not shunning anybody. Maybe I'm not shunning anybody. Mm. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like dude. I it, it's just so difficult.
0: If I if I sounded angry at all during that know that my anger is not directed at the church. It is directed at I really don't like the fact that there are people within leadership and outside of leadership that might be encouraging men and women to stay in abusive relationships because of the way that they're interpreting scripture. yeah, and Like that just, that gets me really fired up. And I don't believe that that's what God wants to see happen. I don't believe he wants to see his people getting here, beat. So here, here's what I don't think the Lord. At I mean, the hand of their, their husband or wife. This is a tough one.
1: This is a tough one. And I'm going to say this
0: and I have to word it in a way that
1: makes sense. I think it goes back to being a heart issue. So let's just, let's create a hypothetical. If I'm sitting down with a couple and, I mean, granted, you don't always get to sit down with the couple. Let me just tell you something about relationship and marriage counseling. Most people come to you after things have gotten really bad or it's, too bad. Beyond it's, it's beyond repair. Most people only reach out at the moment that things are about to break or have already broken. I sat down with a couple um, and they were saying they wanted marriage counseling. And that actually just meant that they were wanting to express that they were done with the relationship. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had another couple that, um, People rarely let you into the true scenario of what's going on. People will tell you that they're having a hard time in their marriage. Well, what's the problem? Well, we always fight. Well, what do you fight about? Well, he gets angry because I this and
0: she gets angry because that. But they say angry and they don't say then he punches me or she slaps me. Right. Or... They,
1: they leave out details. And so
0: it's hard to gauge the severity. You
1: can't counsel for the severity of the scenario when you're not given the entire scenario.
0: I think in our listeners, like from our listeners' yeah. perspective, though, they were like yeah. this person that shared yeah, this. Yeah, and yeah. now that is an instance where they were like giving very, sure. very direct, like this is happening. But right. I can, I totally believe that that mm-hmm. is a thing that happens to this. Maybe well, because they don't want to let on how bad things are or for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. And, you know, my, my true response any time that I see relationships on edge is it, it breaks, it hurts my heart. You don't want to see it. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting down with people who are looking somebody in the face and be like, Oh great, man, you can finally get divorced. That's awesome. You guys are having yeah. problems, man. Just, you know, cut it off, pack, pack it up, pack it up. That's, that's not my response. And again, it's hard to give the blanket answer because I think every scenario is different. Again, you've also heard, you've also heard stories. <clears throat> Man, we got divorced, and things changed and five years down the road, we got back together and we 're happily married and we 've been married for twelve years yeah and there 's reconciliation
0: but in but in those moments it's it's there has to be the distance, like sometimes there needs to be distance, the distance for healing, yes distance for healing. And and maybe something does have to die in order for something new to take life and to take root. You know, I think a lot of times people got to go on their own journeys, you know, and if, Mm. if abuse, dishonesty, I mean, well, abuse, we're going to stick with abuse. If abuse is happening and they need to separate, you know, God's not done with them. God's going to still continue to journey along with them as they're on their separate paths. Maybe there's reconciliation and things get better, or maybe there isn't. Yeah. And maybe God leads them down different paths and that's okay. I truly believe that. I yeah. don't know how scripturally so, sound that is, but I have to believe that our God is a God, you know, the God that's modeled in Genesis, Leviticus. I mean, just the, the first few books of the Bible, he's pursuing. And actually the whole story of the Israelites, mm-hmm. he is pursuing his people. He is journeying with them yeah, through the thick, through the thin. He is there with them, yeah. even when they make terrible decisions, right? Even, even when they're like, dude, we don't, we're going to, worship this gold calf. Like even when they do the stupidest things, he is there with them. Yeah. The God is constantly our God. Yahweh is a God of reconciliation mm-hmm. and maybe he doesn't reconcile the relationships, but he will reconcile you to him. Yes, And, exactly. and there's all sorts of good stuff that he's going to still do in your life. Yeah. Even if you get a divorce,
1: man, I just have to say like this, this is such a weighty topic. I don't think I've ever talked about something so difficult on the podcast. Um, Really? Yeah, I, I mean it. It's weighing on me. Like,
0: and, and do I feel don't.
1: Like- I don't feel like I had a good answer. I don't feel like I have a good answer. Um, but you know, we always say, "Oh, we want to have the conversations nobody else is having." Um, Why don't you feel that way, though?
0: Do you know. feel like Do you feel like you need your answer to be rooted in Scripture? Because I think you've said a lot of good things.
1: Oh yeah, I I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's just because there are so many people who I know and love that are close to me that have endured so much pain from divorce.
0: Uh, yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, and it's, it's a tough subject. But again, we're going, this is going back to the subject of divorce when I don't think the topic of at hand is As divorce. divorce. You think it's abuse, abuse. Mm. that's the thing. And I think people flip those and they're like, God hates divorce. Maybe. But
1: does God hate abuse? He, he
0: really hates. That's now listen, okay. There, uh, I was listening to Bema podcast and they were talking about how, uh, God showed up in Exodus with the Israelites Mm -hmm. because he heard their cries. That word, I don't remember what it is, but the Hebrew word that is used in that scenario is only used in a few places in the scriptures. It's used in the instance when the Israelites are in captivity in in, in Egypt and they're crying out to God. They're crying out to God in generations and generations. It's used there and it's also used in Sodom and Gomorrah. Where, where the people there that are bad things are happening to them, they're crying out to God. It's the cry of the distressed.
1: It's the cry of the
0: distressed. It's the that cry the of, of the Lord. distressed and the oppressed that moves the hand of the of God mm, to intervene. To intervene. And so God shows up in those areas because He hears their cries. Yeah. He hears their cries. God cares about people who are being abused, mm. who are being mistreated, and He cares about the oppressed. That is the heart of the Father. Mm. And I, I. Believe without a shadow of a doubt that he wants his children, sons and daughters, to not be abused and to not stay in those situations. Yeah. And just because you don't stay in the situation
1: doesn't mean that you're going to get a divorce. If someone's in an abusive marriage and they leave, they separate from the spouse for the purpose of their safety and the safety of the kids. I mean, I don't think that's wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean divorce is on the table. It just means I don't want you to beat my ass anymore. Right. I don't want you to beat my children anymore. So we are getting out of – it's no longer safe to be around you. You're my husband. You're my wife. It's no longer to be safe around you.
0: You know, I wonder what the correlation is to people's beliefs on the afterlife and what happens to them. If there's a correlation to that in enduring abuse in a marriage and sticking it out. If the same people that would say that I believe in a God who damns people to hell and tortures them for all of eternity is the same God that would say, you piece of shit, stay in that relationship and you be abused and you take it in the name of Jesus. Oh my God. I wonder, I wonder, I think it has to do, there's gotta be this connection dude with how we view God and how he treats creation after life. Mm-hmm. In, in, into this, like, wanting people to not endure pain and stuff on the earth. That's interesting. Maybe there's not, but I, I, so, maybe there is.
1: So you you brought up hell, and I read something the other day, and it, it made me think. Um, so this idea that so are are people born eternal beings?
0: What do you mean? like are you using eternal and spiritual synonymously i just mean eternal like like your
1: you're born and your spirit whether god I th- I think whether it, a child of god or not will exist for eternity
0: i think that if people do believe that then they believe that people are tormented for all of eternity like they're right. like they they can't die it was like just this
1: interesting thought process about you know jesus gives people eternal life and so is the opposite of eternal life eternal death so then we're just oh all so we're just all eternal
0: i know we haven't have we talked about hell very much mm-hmm. on here in our views and stuff no. like that that's that would be a really i would love to have someone on well if i didn't piss that. people off with divorce i'll certainly piss people off with hades and maybe and maybe we'll we'll save that for another time but you know, I think that, that when people start to navigate their deconstruction journey, that is a that is a, a road that they will have to cross. Am I going to continue to accept uh, eternal conscious torment or am I going to believe annihilationism or am I going to believe some form of universalism? Uh, and now I know that that's a loaded phrase and there's actually a lot of different like universalist stuff out there. But the Bible supports all three. There yeah, are scriptures right. that support, support all, all yeah, three yeah, of yeah, those. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean – it, there are, yeah, interpretations. Interpretations. That, because people will say, "Well, it doesn't actually support it." If you look at it in the proper con- well, your your proper context, and that's how that goes. But exactly. Anyways, it just made me wonder. Yeah, we I
0: don't need to have a hell a hell expert
1: I'm, on. Well, yeah I, I I've thought about having that conversation, but it's mm-hmm. just it again. That's another tough one. It's just like, well, how far outside of the camp do I want to be exiled?
0: <laughs> yeah Or you just start to realize like you know what If I'm going to be outside of a Like I'd rather be, out, be put outside of a camp And just like journey Like a mm-hmm. camp is stationary Like mm-hmm. Jesus is mobile
1: Let me, Man let me just tell you this Like When it comes to Jesus And his work And what he accomplished I mean the scripture says to those who believe He, became, he, get, he gave the right to become children of God And I 100% absolutely believe that I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. I believe that 100%. And I might express some theological viewpoints or some doctrinal viewpoints that you disagree with. And I might even believe some extreme things that aren't even on your radar. Or I might even believe some things that might make you wonder whether or not I'm saved based on whatever paradigm you've existed in for your Christian life. But man, he's, he's my father Yeah, <laughs> and I'm his and he made me mm-hmm. and he has kept me and he's done so much in my life. And so
0: he's a good, good like,
1: father. I, he's a good, good father. But I just think about like, I, I need, listen, because of like my sin, my, or the sins, I mean all whatever because of my inability to live a life of works Mm -hmm. worthy of salvation, which everybody falls into that camp. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Because of my inability to live a life of perfect works that make me worthy of salvation. Like I need a father who holds no record of wrongs. I need a father whose love is patient and his love is kind and it's not self-seeking and it endures all things and it, Believes all things, right? I need that. Yeah. That is the love that I need, yeah. and so because I know that that's the love that I need, and that's what love is, based on what the scripture says, love is. I play into that love. I lean into that love. I leave. I lean into that extreme, extravagant, unbelievable agape, preferential love, regardless regardless of what I may or may have not done. Yeah. Because I need it. Like I, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm toast, bro. If, if I don't have him, if I don't have that love in my life, I'm toast.
0: And isn't that, isn't that what the Christian life is? A dependency on Jesus. Like this dependency that like, bro, I I mean, there's so many aspects to the Christian life, but that seems like a, a pretty foundational one. Like this, like apart from him, I, what am I? My question is,
1: does it surprise you when people don't do what the Bible says you should or shouldn't do? No. Does it surprise I you? It
0: doesn't surprise me when I don't do what I should do. Doesn't surprise me. But for some reason, like, what is it? Do you think that there's something in Christian culture amongst communities that's like, is for some reason shocking to people when we find out that they have stuff going on in their lives? Like, I feel like it's easier to accept our junk, but in certain communities, it might be that it exists. That's like, it's like, Oh my, Oh snap. They are struggling with this, this, or this like, Oh, sound the alarms. Like we got to intervene. We got to, and a lot of times it's like intervening and it's like, uh, so I think we've used this analogy before. Um, imagine somebody tells you that they're struggling with, we always use pornography. We're going to use it again. Hey, I'm struggling with porn. They open up to their, to their men's group. Mm-hmm. Man, brother, we're here for you. Blah blah blah. Let's get a plan in place. Let's uh, get some accountability. Let's get this X three watch installed on your phone. Okay, got it. Yeah, doing good. You know,
1: Joe yeah, Shmo yeah, comes yeah, back yeah, next yeah, week.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. Hey guys, I'm still struggling. Yep, yep, Yep. brother. Like, oh, you really got to nip that in. The, you know, okay. Yep. Yeah, I got, guys, I got it. Got, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. Comes back next week, guys. I messed up. At at some point, about the third time, they're gonna throw their hands up and go, "Listen, you need to you need to change, or we can't." Condone, support. Uh, well, there's another one that I'm another word that I'm thinking of. Um, your behavior, we yeah. we can't do that anymore. And so there comes a point to where I feel like you kind of have a limited timeline to struggle with sin when you come open with it. And then after that, you can't struggle with it anymore. Yeah. Like you can come clean with it and then you can't really struggle with it openly anymore. And then you got to hide it. You got to hide it. And then you got to hide it. And so the whole reason I'm bringing this up is to go back to the whole idea of like, or why are we surprised when people are still struggling? Yeah. For some reason we are. I, yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise
1: me. And I think the older I get, um, the more I realize that my my experience is not uncommon.
0: But the enemy wants you to think it the is. The enemy
1: wants you to think it is. Yeah. But amidst the human condition, and this is what I was going to talk about earlier, like Jesus, he saw the humanity of people. He knew, right? Again, I go back to the scripture where the Lord talks about the people in the days of, of Noah. Mm-hmm. And at, the beginning, of, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the beginning of the chapter, he says, I see now that man's heart is wicked from birth. I'm going to destroy the world. And then after he essentially keeps Noah's family and then they they land in the ark and then Noah gives the the um the fragrant offering, then the Lord smells the offering and it brought him delight and he mm-hmm. said, "I know that all of man's thoughts and actions are wicked from birth." I will no longer destroy the earth. And I'm actually going to promise that and put a rainbow in the sky.
0: Yeah. He put a ring on it. a rainbow.
1: He <laughs> Put a rainbow on it. But his response to the wicked hearts of men was.
0: One of anger and wrath.
1: Was anger and wrath. And, and then, then one of compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, look, I see that I made humanity and that everybody's wicked. Yeah. From birth. Nobody. Right. They're all, they all have wicked thoughts. And so it's almost to where he just was like, I'm not surprised anymore. I know this is how they're going to be. It doesn't surprise me. But for some reason, it surprises other people when it surprises Christians when somebody sins. oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, I found out one day uh, there was this girl that I thought was like kind of a goody two shoes, like a little good Christian woman. Mm -hmm. And and so you're going to laugh because I don't think it's that terrible. But I found out that that they smoked weed. And, but it was like, you would have never known. Yeah. And I was like,
0: (gasps) you smoke weed. You puff the devil's lettuce.
1: You smoke up on that sweet ganja. You puff up on that glory.
0: Get the glory cloud going.
1: Yeah. But it was just like this surprise because, you know, people put on, they put on a facade, they wear a mask and then you find out things are going on. You're like, oh my gosh, I would have never thought. Do you think. You You would have never thought, but it also shouldn't surprise you because people are people and people don't. Most people don't express their deepest, darkest secrets or, you know, they don't, they don't air their stuff out to a lot of people, which is wise. You shouldn't do it all the time, but I just, I'm to the point to where, I mean, what do people, my question is what do people need, right? What do people need?
0: In terms of I mean, what? I mean, I mean it, that's, it, that's I, such a, bro- well, that's yeah, such a sorry, broad. Well, yeah, sorry. I just
1: mean like if someone's like in continual sin or they're caught in sin or whatever it is. Well, okay. Like, so people-
0: we asked Casey, you know, we opened up this season and Casey, you know, he had that episode about Casey and he was just sharing about who he was and just a lot of the stuff that happened while he was away. And I, we asked him like, dude, what did you need? He said, you just need to be there. You just need people yeah. to be there and to love me and, and pray for me and yeah. and literally just have proximity because mm-hmm. there comes a point, I think, during people's struggle, All right, I can be here for two weeks. Yeah. I can be here for a month, six months, mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Anything over a year, five years, mm-hmm. 10 years, who can be with someone who struggles for 10 years and mm-hmm. walk alongside them outside of a parent, you know? <laughs> for real. Like, bro, when people are struggling for that long, it's like- it's hard to. It's hard for people to stay, and I'm. And I don't mean like, <clears throat> I'm people. I mean this for me too. It's hard for me to stay in close proximity with people who, who are struggling as hard as they are because it's in my mind. I'm like, I gotta give the advice, and I've given the advice, and they're not taking the advice, and so I know it's not as easy as that. I know someone yeah. wants to, us to hit on fasting.
1: Yeah, but I don't really
0: want, know that. Wh- what was the original question? Do You want
1: to hit that, and then we can shut it down.
0: Well, there were two more. I don't know. We can shut it down after this one.
1: Yeah, So. Um it says our uh we attend a church that does a yearly fasting and it makes me feel weird. Is that a isn't that a silent in your prayer closet thing? Um so there I have two two thoughts on that. Um there's the Jesus thought where he says when you fast, when you pray, when you give, says don't be like the Pharisees who stand on the street corners and they yell their prayers so that people can see them and hear them they'll be given their reward in full or they give in front of the crowds because they want to be seen for the giving don't be like them they get their reward in full and then it also says when they fast don't or when you fast don't be like them you know they they distort their face and you know they they don't put oil on their head and that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. they want people to see that they're miserable and they're fasting. Yeah. And it's a to-be-seen kind of thing. And so that's a very specific heart posture.
0: That's what that I was I, thinking. Is that I
1: think that um, – I think when Christians – like I think when – it just depends. It, and it, and it's hard to tell. But it, there are some people who when they fast, for some reason, they want to let other people know that they're fasting. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm fasting or whatever it is. like. Yeah. Sometimes you're fasting. Someone asks you if you want to go out <laughs> to eat. What
0: if someone's like, hey, you want to go out to eat? And they're like, yeah, you get to the restaurant and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. <laughs> you just yeah. do all that just so that you just let the- Just like, so they oh, know. wow, brother, you're going to get up and
1: go on. So, so there's that idea. And so it's a heart issue. If you're fasting because you want people to see you and you want to seem holier than thou or you want to seem super spiritual, well, then you get reward in full. Someone will look at you and be like, oh, cool. And then that's cool it. That's all you get. Cool yep. beans. Yeah. Good for you. And then on with your life. Um, but then it says, but your father who's seen, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So even the prayer closet, right? Like go into your room and pray, go in your closet and pray your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So there are times where when you fast, when you pray, when you give and you do these things in secret, you do it not with a heart that wants to be seen by man, but with the heart that's truly for the father. Um, and doing these things because he's led you to do them. He wants you to do them. And so then he sees you and you get that reward. Um, so that whole, like the whole church is going to fast and pray kind of thing. Um, I don't think it's, yeah. what do you
0: think about that? Yeah. I
1: don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. Again, I think pastors have good intentions with, I mean, it's a good thing, right? Like, again, it's a good thing. You should read your Bible. Let's do a 40 day Bible reading challenge. You should, you should fast hey, let's do a 40-day fasting challenge. Yeah. You know, you should give, let's do a 40-day giving challenge, right? And so they're trying to motivate their people to do these spiritual things.
0: Because they they know that there's going to be a positive impact. Because they
1: believe that it's a good thing for people to do. But if people aren't motivated with the right heart and they're just doing the action, then it really accomplishes nothing either. Let me give you a quick scripture. Um, Acts, uh, gosh, 3:13 Oh, where is it? Maybe it's 13:3, sorry. Oh, okay. Acts 13:2 and 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them." And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So you have an instance here in scripture where the disciples, a group of people were fasting and um praying and during the fasting and the praying I don't I don't know nobody says how that came about. Yeah. Nobody says that they ran a campaign so that they could get as many people <laughs> to fast because they were trying to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're fasting and praying because it's I guess it's what they do. It's part of their you know their spiritual um practices. And during that praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, so mm, Holy Spirit says things, hmm. um, set apart Barnabas and salt for the work to which I've called them. So they fasted more and prayed, lay their hands and sent them off. So there was a purpose in the fasting and praying in that regard. And it was a public thing. So I think that there are times where there is a public fasting. That's fine. Probably acceptable. I, probably acceptable. And I think that there's a time where it's private and it's fine just with the right heart, but also always go back to this that you can, you can fast and like, fast with the wrong heart and posture.
0: <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? That's what I was going to say.
1: And so I would just say, if you f- makes you feel weird and you don't know why you're doing it, then don't do it because it'd probably just be a waste of time.
0: I would even say, if you don't want to do it. And if you don't, don't want to do it. do do it. Don't do it. And here's why. Because you are going to get no benefit of it. I believe the benefits of fasting... Uh, I mean, again, it go- I think it goes back to the spiritual practice that you know, like... People have done for you, but it's about denying yourself something, you know, it was way more common back in the day for it to be a food, you know, water type fast stuff like that. Water only now, I mean, and there's all sorts of different kinds of fast now. We're just like, oh, just get, get off your phone for a day, Yeah, you know, but, but. If you don't want to do it, you are not going to see it. Or if you don't feel led to do it, yeah. like you can feel like God can lead you to do something that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. but you know, he's leading you to do it. And okay. So, you definitely need dude, to do that. Yeah. But if there's like your small groups, like, Hey guys, we're all going to fast. <laughs> Let's do it. And you're like, Oh God, I really don't want yeah, to really fast. Like to this is it. James. James is always bringing up fasting. Like, what is his deal? Yeah. Don't, don't do it and be like, Hey, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm just not, the Lord's not leading me to do that. I'm not going to do it. I think if he's leading you to do it, great. Go for it.
1: And and what happens in those scenarios is someone says, well, the Lord doesn't need you to do it because it's already commanded in scripture.
0: I would just slap them. <laughs> and so Jesus says, Jesus, Jesus says,
1: when you fast, not if you fast or when, if, when you're led to fast, it just says when you fast. So it's expected that you fast. For real, those are answers people give.
0: I, I honestly would just sit there and look like this.
1: <laughs> is here's a question is abstaining from food or water, or a certain act or some sort of activity good for a time. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, and, and so people would also say, because I had somebody ask me this question on the podcast one time. They're like, do you want to do it? Don't you want to do it because the Bible commands you to do it? Or do you want to feel led to do it? And I'm like, I want to feel led to do it. I yeah, want to want to 100%. Do it. I want to have a heart. So when it comes to fasting, I would like to have a heart to fast rather than, like, forcing myself to fast for some reason and then me, like, completely missing the point.
0: Well, because you're doing it to please man at that point. At that point, I you're guess. doing it to please your pastor, to please James. Maybe. To, to please, I mean, why else Who's would this you... James guy? Wh- getting a lot of flack on this show. <laughs> I don't know. Do you're, At least that would be my thing. If someone was like, hey, we're going to fast, we're going to do this, and you're just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do it. Your heart's already not in the right place. Like, now, I would challenge you Maybe to go and go, you know what, and pray and go, Lord, is this something you want me to do? Because you will be more motivated to press through and to do that if you hear from the Lord. And the Lord tells you to do that. It's true. As he opposed says, to some yeah. other human. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one thing to, to do something hard because God's telling you to do it. It's another thing to do something hard when a human's telling you to do it. You're going to have more motivation to be obedient out of love to the Father. Yeah.
1: I don't know, and I think there's times where fasting can be an offering to the Lord, and you can come to Pam Him. Pam says,
0: "What is the point, though?
1: What's the point of fasting?"
0: You see, Pam, it's kind of like a genie in a bottle thing. If you want something, you just fast and you get it.
1: So, I I was listening to somebody talk about this one day. Joking. They said, "Here's the here's the problem with some here's the problem with the way some people present fasting sometimes is that let's say your let's just say." Um, You get cancer
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and somebody in your church counsels you and says, Hey, you know what, brother? Like I know Joe Schmo and Joe Schmo had brain cancer and they fasted and prayed for 40 days and the Lord healed their cancer. You should really consider fasting. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't want cancer anymore. I don't want to die. And you fast for 40 days
0: and And you get more cancer.
1: You get it it metastasizes and spreads,
0: and you don't get rid of it,
1: and you fast for forty days and your cancer does not go away. What happens to you then? what happens to you It's going to
0: wreck your faith
1: your faith your right so you can't make it this one size fits all no fasting is a rub the magic lamp kind of scenario right it's It's this idea of mortifying the flesh it's this idea of like uh you know putting your body through some sort of
0: Uncomfortable uh, yeah, situation,
1: yeah. Like withholding certain things from yourself so that you can focus on spiritual. Let me tell you that I think there is value in what's, fasting. Well, here's what when it's su- led
0: when you're led to it by the Lord.
1: Here's what's super interesting about fasting. So you know the Jews will fast on certain. They fast and then they feast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? There's always a feast to follow the fast. Here's you should know this within the Jewish community. They fast and then they feast. Um. And the fasting serves a purpose, spiritually, yes, to focus on the Lord, to remember the things that he's done. But if you want to talk about the health benefits of fasting, like, I think the Lord knew that he was doing a lot more for people when he was commanding them to fast than they knew, what, they was knew for what was happening. Because on. intermittent, if you want to look up inter- intermittent fasting, you want to look up like a sixteen-eight fast or an eighteen-six fast and look up autophagy, A-U-T-O-F-O-G-Y, autophagy. And autophagy is this state that your body enters into after roughly 16 to 18 hours of fasting with no solids, no foods, only water, mm-hmm. um, or any, or anything that wouldn't black
0: spike tea, green tea, Yeah,
1: anything that wouldn't black spike coffee. your glue w- wouldn't cause glucose to be, um, created in, in, in your, in your body, in your gut. Um, so what happens then is your body actually starts to go through this, um, these changes, this process where it starts to get rid of – it like filters itself. It starts to recycle and get rid of old cells, mm-hmm. and it really starts to create new cells. And so there's actually benefit to not consume food. For, you know, extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. I've even heard of people doing extended fasts, like 20 or 30 days and like getting rid of headaches and like doing that kind of stuff. People yeah. have migraines. They'll do extended fasts and their body will like reset itself. And so there's benefit to that. There's, there's like centers well. that
0: exist where you can go and you can be monitored by a doctor. Yeah. And, and you can do those kinds of fasts. The extended
1: fast. Yeah. yeah. And so all that to say there is benefit. To it that goes even beyond spiritual. And a lot of people will fast for health reasons. Mm-hmm. I've been doing intermittent fasting 16 yeah. 8. And so I only eat between the hours of 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., which basically means I skip breakfast, I have lunch and dinner, and then, and then I don't, don't snack. And then I don't snack at night. Yeah, And so I actually allow my body to start to enter that state of autophagy. I do that because I know that it makes me feel
0: better. There's no spiritual purpose. I
1: also do it because I know that that's something the Lord has showed me that's beneficial for my body. But there's, I'm not like, you know, reaching nirvana. I I haven't learned to levitate because of it. You will. You know, I, (laughs) it's, and so anyways, it's one of those things to where some people will fast because rather than eating, they'll replace their meals with prayer.
0: Or scripture. Bible or script, reading.
1: Bible reading, whatever it is. So they will replace that activity of eating for the activity of reading their Bible or praying, whatever. And I just – praying on an empty stomach and, and praying with a full stomach to me would accomplish the same thing for me and my faith. As and for so, me and my faith, we yeah, will eat the food. We will eat the, yeah, we will celebrate. So there's just that idea of fasting and feasting. Um, and so anyways – That's all I've got to say about that.
0: That's all we got, y'all. We ain't got no more. Time to get the cattle in.
1: Cosmic slot machine. Nice.
0: Put the coins in the front, not the back.
1: Pamela says, I guess my God has never told me to stop eating or drinking. Yeah, I mean, if he hasn't led you to do it. So, hashtag slap James. James is a punk. All right, good stuff. Well, I mean, shoot. Man, that was heavy there in the middle. You thought so? I f- I felt it, bro. I, I did not feel the thing. I wasn't ready for it.
0: I guess I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But I understand if you have lots of people who are close to you who mm-hmm. are going through or have recently gone through divorces.
1: And that's why it's hard. It's hard to address a hypothetical. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard to give counsel without giving counsel. You know, it's like I would kind of counsel this way. But when you're looking people in the face and they're going through stuff, to me it would be difficult. It would just be really difficult. Yeah. You know? So anyways, we'll shoot y'all.
0: Well, gotta go
1: home. We're going to go and do this. Oh, okay. last question. Yep.
0: This is actually, this is a big one. This is the big one. This is one. That, uh, do we might have to turn this into another episode for this? Well, question. I have to go for a bonus. Jason Drax <laughs> from
1: he was, uh, guardians of the galaxy. guardians
0: of the galaxy or Goliath. Who wins? <laughs> <laughs> this is a question we received. That's great. That's great.
1: Um, uh, well, I think if Drax were to stand really still right. Goliath wouldn't see him and so as Goliath advanced to find Drax, Drax would then make a move and stab him in the
0: throat a, like a thousand times in three seconds
1: like that's right yeah actually, you know what would happen is Drax would try and stab Goliath and he would say his skin is too thick I must Pierce, uh, cut him from the inside. Do you remember at the beginning of part oh, two yeah. where he jumps into that monster? <laughs> He's like, he swallow starts-
0: me, swallow me whole Goliath. And he defeats him from the inside out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> or Goliath would make some insult. He'd be like, what are you? A, what is, what does he say to David about a, being a bone? Are you a dog to?
1: Oh yeah. Are you a, are you a dog that you come at me with? Sti- I
0: can't remember sticks or something um, like that. And then, and then with and yeah. then Drax would go. These are not sticks. These are these are swords. You idiot. These <laughs> or aren't he goes, sticks. Or he would
1: go.
0: <laughs> I love Drax. Uh,
1: Pam says the one who fasted. <laughs> <laughs> the the undivorced one who fasts. Oh. Well, Drax's wife died. Oh, he would win then. He would win. Yeah. Goliath seems like someone who would have divorced his wife.
0: Oh, oh my God.
1: That uncircumcised Philistine. That uncircumcised SOB. Okay, so that was just all jokes, yo. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're. Anyways. We joke, we joke, we you, kid, we you kid. You guys make us like this. It's your fault. You do this to us. All right, great. Well, we weren't recording, so I guess we won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was
0: like, Ooh, all right. There we go. Oh, it's man. done. All right. Salty dogs. Out. Ow.